Welcome to Pet Sitter Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Today, we are brought to you by Time to Pet and Pet Perennials. How do you mentor staff? Just as we work to educate our clients, when we bring on staff, it's now our role to educate and mentor them in the career of pet care. Cassidy Lemaire, owner of Cassidy's Custom Pet Services, shares how she builds lasting relationships and partnerships with both staff and clients through her open and straightforward style. Cassidy details how she creates consistent, customizable services and gives her insights into how she learns from her mistakes. Let's get started. I was working a sales job so I could make money um, because my career plans were not panning out for me. I, before this job, I had a lot of what felt like failure in just Mm -hmm. trying to go down the line, trying to, you know, I went to school for business. I came out and I, I had a focus on nonprofit management. And so that was my goal. I wanted to work a nonprofit and eventually have one. Um, but it wasn't working. It's a very hard industry as far as like, they don't have a ton of jobs all the time available for you. (laughs) And so coming out of college, I just couldn't find anything. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where I just had to have a job to make money because life happens, bills have to get paid. And (laughs) I took a job that was really against what I wanted at all. It was a sales job where I had to stand and pitch to people all day long and it, with a company that put a lot of pressure on mm. making quotas, even if they were not reasonable quotas to make, um, to the point where I was falling short a lot. And I was doing things that were against my character and against what I was willing to do. But I was so scared of losing it. I was scared of not having a job. I was scared of what it meant. And then I just got to a point where I said, but is this who I want to be? Do I want to be the person lying to get a sales? Like, do I want to be that person? No, I don't. That I go home and I hate myself for it. I go home and I don't want to do this the next day. Um, and so I ended up just kind of quitting on a whim. Like, I can't do this anymore. This isn't, I can't be this person anymore. And I've got to go figure out who I need to be. Um, and so when I did that, I went down a lot of different lines of passions that I had and seeing what worked and realizing that they wouldn't make a business and something that I had always been doing was pet sitting. Since I was a kid, I've been taking care of animals, whether they were mine or other people. And part of what I did was I did go on Rover. I, that's how I started was I went on Rover and I just was kind of doing side jobs for people. And I ended up working for, with a family that I absolutely love. I still have them today. Um, and they were so encouraging in this being something I was doing with their family that it really got me thinking, what if this wasn't just a way that I made money when I couldn't make money? You know, like what if this wasn't (laughs) just a thing that I was doing for a family or learning about in my spare time? Cause that's what I would do. I just like research every little tiny thing that I could learn about dogs or cats or whatever the thing was (laughs) for fun, just on my spare time. (laughs) Cause that's what people do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so eventually Um, when I came to them and and I asked them like, what if I started a real business out of this? They were so excited for me and they wanted to keep on that journey and learn about it every step of the way. And from there, it just became what I did. You know, at least the business degree actually went to something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and it worked out for me, but there was definitely a lot of pitfalls before a lot of things I learned that I didn't want to do or be which were really valuable because I really learned what kind of salesperson I didn't want to be, which probably informed the 
if we decide to move it forward together, because I never wanted to go back to that. I never wanted to be someone pushing a sale down someone's throat and making them feel uncomfortable with it. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the lead into it. I had, like I said, I've been working with animals, but I never had thought of it as a career because I didn't want to be a vet. I didn't want to be a trainer. Those weren't jobs that I wanted. It was the only thing I could think that was viable in that right. industry. And then it was like, oh no, there's like pet centers. There's like people doing this. <laughs> this is a thing. Yeah. Uh, and so being able to make that transition and step into like, this isn't a hobby. This is a thing I can do. And being able to go, like you said, ask those questions. What do I want to be? And then mm-hmm. how do I want to do that? Yeah. And, see, and seeing, you know, how you've talked about how your meet and greets heavily influenced by the awful experience of heavy handed sales pushing, like, going, yeah. oh, okay, I can, I can handle this in a different way in my own way, how I would want to be treated or what feels right to me. What kind of per- person do I want to be in that situation? Instead of being forced into it, I want to just flip this and make it my own and mm-hmm. realizing we have that ability. And we all, we all have those experiences where something along the line has cued us into how we're acting today and realizing, okay, I can, I can do something different. I can choose to make this my own way. It doesn't matter how everybody else is quote unquote doing it. That's not the point. The point is what makes me feel good. How can I sleep at peace at nighttime knowing how I treated people, how I conducted business, what I was doing today. That that's where we need to find that for ourselves. Yeah. And that touches on what I, you know, we talked about earlier of like, we learn more from our pitfalls than we do from our highs. You know, the highs are what we get to after we've figured out what not to do. (laughs) And we're excited that we finally got there. Um, But it's, it's definitely a lot of learning after just time after time, not being able to make something work or happen or looking at myself going, Oh, I really don't want to walk into this job right now. And informing, like you were saying, like that really informs me when I'm not ready to do something something is if I'm going to a job going, I don't want to do that. And I don't want to create that for my employees or my clients. They don't, they deserve to have someone who wants to be taking care of their animals. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We, we can, again, we can give them that. That's something we can allow them to have. So how have you made the transition now to having staff? I mean, what's, what's that process been like for you? There's a reality too, to then being in charge of people. And even on your day off, you're never having a true day off. Someone could call, someone could text with a question. You're like, well, I got to be there. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it is a different, um, it's, a, it's different. It's different mm-hmm. man- managing people. Um, you know, I, we're Megan, both Megan and I are still pretty new to this as far as yeah. like having staff, having people working under us, oh, um, yes. not, not working under us, working with us. I, I, I'm yeah. trying to it, mindset stuff. But anyway, it's just been, um, I'm, trying oh, to get- I'm in the same boat. I'm in the yeah. same boat. I just <laughs> hired my first employee this year and I'm like, I'm going to be honest, guys, we're doing this together. I've never been a boss before. So like, let's work through it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's been really, we've, we've had that same approach. I think that's been really helpful for them um, because they get to see, uh, they, they get a big input on yeah. on it right and i i don't ever want to come across like we know everything and one yeah, of my yeah. favorite things to do is i've i've had to record some videos that walk through our policies and procedures uh-huh. and um i use loom to do that and anyway and i and in 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 person i'm like look these are our beautiful policies and procedures these are how we've constructed um i will burn it down in an instant if you can give me a better <laughs> idea right if you can tell me a better way to do this it's gone i will do i will just you know because <laughs> i don't because i don't i've been in jobs where it's been like 
this is how we do it. And if yeah, yeah. you question it, you shall be, you know, you're out. You're, you're out. And, and I, I don't want that. Like one of the things wow. I'm, I'm looking forward to is having other people's eyes, ears, experiences mm-hmm. on my business and like experiencing a lot of the stuff that I'm like, yes, this is the perfect way to implement lock boxes and have stuff come back and go, mm-hmm. what were you on when you wrote this? <laughs> yeah. There's just a reality too. I, and I have this during every monthly meeting with my staff member, I I'm always asking her. And we first started, I was very much asking all the time. I was like, I'm one person. I've been running this business for four years. Sure. But I've been doing it for myself. There was no other person who had another perspective or another way of approaching animals or another, it was just me. So everything is fitted to me. So if you're in a house or you're doing something and you're like, oof, this is not panning out the way you have it written because you're a different human. Then like, tell me, please, (laughs) I will throw it out. We'll figure something new. I don't care. But I I made this business for me, you know, not for you. (laughs) Yeah. And that has totally changed what we are willing to do. We're willing mm-hmm. to take on how mm-hmm. we're willing to structure a day because I know what my limits are. Yeah. Right? I know, I know what I'm capable of for both animals and for everything, you know, after coming up on 11 years in this, but just Megan and I by ourselves, it, yeah. we, we, I know it pretty well, just what I'm capable of, but I, I have to shift that when I'm in a meet and greet going, can mm-hmm. ev- everybody do this? Yes. Could everybody do this? Now I mean, we have training and I can do walkthrough videos and all sorts of stuff, but, or, you know, client requests. Okay. I may be willing to do that. Like we have this, just this is a very practical one. We service several clients uh, who are, who are home while we're there for many uh-huh. reasons. One of them, um, lives in an elder care facility and she has Alzheimer's and dementia. She has no idea who we are anytime we come over there, but she can read our hats that say pet sitter. And she knows in the back of her mind that she has a pet sitter. So it doesn't matter. We have hats and shirts that say that context, right? Super important. Um, That was something we had to check with everybody. Hey, are you okay going into this where this person will never know who you are? Yeah. Right? Another one, uh, we have a gentleman who has some mobility issues and every now and then he needs help putting on his shoes. Right? Mm. That's that's something I'm comfortable with, but some of our other staff, you know, they're not or they wouldn't want to do that. So that that's these are discussions that all of a sudden we I we the company has to think about and that's mm-hmm. that's so weird for me to think about. The company has to make this decision. Yeah. What is the what is the company able to do? And that's not a oh we're you know the weakest link makes us unable to do it's not about that. It's about no. comfortability and safety and enjoyment of everybody at the end of the day. Mhm. No, there's such a reality too when it's uh, we're it's in home care. You know, we are going into people's homes. This isn't a facility you're bringing your dog to. And there's a different element that is like, oh, we're not just, I mean, with our overnights or being in the house, like I'll take the trash cans in, I'll bring the packages in. I'm there. We have a lot of thievery in our town with (laughs) packages. So I'm going to bring that in in the middle of the day. But you do start to think about those little things of like, we have people at the house as well. Sometimes I'm like, are you even comfortable being in the same house while an owner's watching you grab the dog and go on a walk and then mo- like are you comfortable <laughs> with that because it can feel a little weird at first when yeah. you've never done it in this you know layout before so you really do start just like shifting in your mind of like 
well, I'm fine, but are you fine? And so I'm constantly asking, like, <laughs> this client just asked me to do something, or we just recently had a dog who went through surgery and now he's got some new medication that he's on. And I'm like, well, are you even comfortable doing that? Do I need to take these over? What level are you good at? And so I'm just like constantly checking. Like, are, are you good? Are we good? Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I know, I know, and many people may view, may, may, may think of that, but not want to be that open or vulnerable for fear of not being respected or looked yeah. up to or things like that. Do you ever do you ever question that mindset or kind of how you're processing that? As far as her respecting yeah, the and st- boss to employee relationship? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't ever, like, I still feel like the boss. Ultimately, I'm making the decision at the end mm. of the day, but I think there is such a value in the employee having a little power in their life and their workspace and what they're doing in a day. And in, in this job too, I'm not by her side all day long. Like she's doing these things by herself. And so there is a piece of it of like, she needs, there's autonomy in that. And she should have some say in what her day looks like and what she's comfortable doing. And we are caretakers. I don't want you giving a dog meds. If you're not comfortable giving a dog meds, I don't want that for anyone involved. Um, or I don't want you doing something because that just creates a a more difficult relationship with clients, with everyone involved. So I, I very much feel like she still respects me in that. And I feel like she feels like she has more say and she can bring stuff up to me if there is an issue. And she can talk about the hard conversations because she's no, she knows I'm not going to come at her with judgment and yeah. say, well, you're out just because you think this, that, or the other. No, we can sit down. We can talk about it. We can have an open discussion. But at the end of the day, I am the one making the decision because I also see the bigger picture. You're just doing services. I'm in the background doing marketing, doing, you know, making sure policies meet the requirements they need to meet. I'm talking to the clients every day and seeing what they need. I'm seeing the schedule and making it. So like we have that background view, but what you don't want either is to get so far from the day-to-day procedures that the things you're implementing have no use at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. And that, that can be, that's def- a definite uh, concern of ours as we kind of do less and less in the field mm-hmm. because I don't, I don't want to write a policy, write a procedure, put a new training thing into place and not have, not have lived it. Right. Yeah. That's, that's another aspect of this as well. And so that, that's what that feedback. And, and I think that respect and those boundaries are still maintained when you ask for feedback from people mm-hmm. because they actually end up respecting you more. And, mm-hmm. and I've had several staff come to us. It's, it's, it's so weird because we, we hire employees and, and you, you have, you have an employee, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or, and, and, but yet we still treat them a lot like independent contractors because yeah. we, we ask them, is this, are you okay with this? Does this work yeah. with your schedule? Are you fine with this? How would you, which I think is healthy. And I've had mm-hmm. many staff members who have come to me and said, I've never had a job like this where somebody took this to be so serious. Um, like the, the, one of our staff members who was experiencing a little bit of burnout early on. And mm-hmm. I said, okay, that's fine. I'll take this over. She, she actually came to me later and said, I, I thought you were going to fire me. Oh. And I thought, I thought there was something else that, th- that you weren't telling the truth when you said it was fine that I cut back on hours. 
because in her other jobs, she would, she would ask for help and then they would just completely ignore it. Or they'd say, you know what? That doesn't meet our standards. You don't work with us anymore. Yeah. And it really made me really sad that, that, and and it was a reminder that not just, we talk about our experiences that our clients have and what the expectations they bring into our company and what their past experiences with pet care are. When we bring on staff, they have past experiences with jobs, with bosses, with work Mm -hmm. environments that they bring into this. And we have to be hyper aware of the things we say, how we act, and how they're going to perceive things that we do. Because mm-hmm. in this situation, she really thought that when I said, okay, that's fine, let's cut back, and then we're going to schedule a meeting in two weeks and see how it's going. She thought yeah. that that two week was the, you're fired. You're out. <laughs> You're and done. I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I had like, it wasn't even on my brain. I was just going, I want to get a date on here so that we this doesn't, you know, so we can keep touching base more because I feel like we need that right now. I didn't, wow. I, I just said we're going to have another meeting in two weeks, and she's like, oh gosh, that's it, right? That's my two week firing. <laughs> I was like, oh, so all of a sudden, this you said like we're we're viewing the big, bigger picture of the of the company, but we're also needing to take a bigger picture of of the staff that we have and the people that we're caring for because and. Tr- Making sure we're we're being we are being human and we are treating them as humans and people as well. Yeah. And I think it just it provides more space for them to get their energy back. Like you were saying, she experienced Mm -hmm. burnout. And this job can burn you out, especially if you are so like physically active. Dog walking is a huge part of what we do. And that's that can just be tiresome. And being a caretaker in general is tiresome. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, no, but you're taking it all in. And I I that's that's heartbreaking that she felt like oh. she was gonna get fired. And yeah. I I know on my side in those positions, I'm like, I'm so, I I love having you here. Having the help is so a welcome to me. And I, after doing it for so long by yourself to have another set of hands and to be able to be like, can you take this service is <laughs> such a relief. I don't want you to leave. Like, yeah. how do we make this work? Don't leave. That's, that's exactly what I said was like, Oh no, 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 no. no. Like, th- you are incredibly valuable. Yeah. We're so happy you're here. Everybody loves, you know, you're doing really well with the clients. We're super happy with your, with the level of care. And, and we want you to be able to continue doing that in whatever mm-hmm. capacity. So I'm totally fine if you need to cut back for now and you want to expand later. We'll have that conversation again and just giving them that space. I think mm-hmm. it's really is really important in trying to be as a, as as flexible as possible to those needs and mm-hmm. um, and just being realistic with them too is something that I've I've had to be more like we started off talking about like just being honest about where you are with your decision making how the process is coming along what you're doing to keep them busy um, where you're struggling with where you need feedback all of that just garners a lot more communication and interaction wow. that's only going to make you better in the end. Oh yeah. And that was a huge topic between me and my employee was transparency, you know, and and you don't have to tell me everything going on in your life. But when I start to see, like, I do see that burnout, I see something's going on. Let me know, because if I don't know, I can't help you. I can't take the service. I can't figure out what works best for you. And I ended up actually having a conversation. You know, I was going through some things in life that were pulling me in so many directions that I was losing focus in the employee direction. And I was like, I'm really sorry. I haven't, I need to be transparent in this moment with you. I've got stuff going on. I don't mean I'm still here for you. Don't worry about that. I'm still here. You call, I will answer. And I'm sorry if you have noticed any like 
pull back on communication. I don't mean it at all, but if I'm asking you to be transparent with me when things are, you know, a little rocky, life happens. Life happens for every single one of us, regardless of you're a boss, employee, a client, (laughs) life's always going to come. So if we can have that level of, I'm going through something right now, I don't mean to put you out or anything like that. I'm here to communicate, I promise. You can tell me the same thing. That can create a team even more so. It's like, okay, I see where you're coming from. How yeah. how do we work with each other to continue? Yeah, and that's part of where that management and almost mentorship comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, something else that I've been realizing is we hire, we, we really want, I know for us, we're like, we really want task-oriented, detailed people. Like, that's what we want because we know the visits, there's a lot to, to keep track of. Check, you know what? Check, check. Check, you know, you know what that leads to? That leads to, that leads to mental burnout and fatigue when you're going mm-hmm. task, 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 yeah. task, task, check, 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 all day long for eight yeah. hours straight. So now all of a sudden it's like, oh, I, I have to help these, I have to help my people, my team manage that and yeah. give them some good tools and equip them for how to decompress. Cause I worry about myself decompressing. Oh man, I trained them perfectly on how to walk a dog. I need to, I need to handle, I need to help train them on how to decompress and not, and, 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 um, and manage the, the, the task switching, the details throughout mm-hmm. the day to help them with that. Cause that's equally as important, if not more so in a lot of cases than the actual how to scoop litter box, how to give yeah. insulin. Like th- those are, those are tasks and jobs that need to get done, but they can't be done. We can't forget the context with which they're mm. being done is if we have got a stressed out, burned out, really, um, you know, mentally exhausted employee trying to give insulin. That's recipe for disaster, right? <laughs> It's not going to go well for anybody. No, it's not. And at the end of the day, there's, you know, scooping the litter box, doing the dog walking. These are simpler things to teach, especially if you are an employee or a person who has experience with animals. You're coming into this with a background already. You probably have a foundation in that. So what does it look like? Big picture. Okay, I can teach you how to do all these things, but what does the in-between look like? What does the tired days look like? And how do we manage all of that because yeah you can scoop a litter box i trust that you can figure that one (laughs) (laughs) yeah well and then it's other things too of the other night i was getting ready to go into a walk and i was like oh um i i worry about things like plantar fasciitis for myself um i need to be worried about that for my team as well so i jumped on loom and i recorded a video of like hey here are three things you can do to help your feet stay healthy Right. And I, and I, and I sent that out to them because I, if, if they don't have that information, I'm going to start getting calls of, Hey, I can't come in today because I've got a really bad pain in my foot. I can't do that full walk. Um, I'm not having fun doing this anymore because I'm in pain. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't want that for anybody. I want them to be able to enjoy this. So, Hey, go out, buy a tennis ball, do these stretches, get, make sure you have these kind of, here's a link for some shoes that, you know, everybody really likes. I'm learning that I'm trying to equip and make a holistic approach to this of of really nurturing what it means to be a team member, not just show up and do the checklist because I I don't want that at the end of the day. The foot thing's a great one. I, you just said that to me and I was like, (laughs) 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 that's a great like tip and like health wise and making, I get stuck up. And like the mental portion of it all, make sure yeah. you're taking your breaks and realize, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
but just the physical health and the toll it can take. I know I think about that internally, but it's like, oh, you have to say things out loud. I feel like I get stuck in that. Like, you have to say stuff out loud. Other people won't hear you if you don't say. No, <laughs> which is a different, which is a whole mindset shift going from a solo to adding people yeah. around you. Right. And sometimes it's just adding a, a CPA or sometimes it's adding, you know, a virtual assistant or some. Anytime you bring somebody in your orbit, you have to become more communicative whether that's written, whether that's phone calls, whatever that looks like, that, that becomes a necessity as part of that decision. And, and we make a lot of, we, we move a lot of decisions. We go, oh, this is the goal that I want. But sometimes we forget things that we have to do because of that. I want staff. Okay, well, you have to talk more. <laughs> you have to. And if you're, not, <laughs> if you're not comfortable doing that, right, we're going to have, there are going to be some issues that come up. So, make, mm-hmm. so, so really encapsulating and trying to think through everything that now you're required to do because of that. I know a lot of us think of things like, oh, well, I'm required to do different taxes or I'm required to yeah. do all of the, there's all the paper pushing stuff that I feel not all of my obligations, but then there's the managerial um, side and coaching side of this that, that comes along with that. And that part's the more important part and not something that everyone is ready for or thinks Mm. about. Because at the end of the day, the taxes, the paper pushing, they have so many systems to help you with that and to walk you through that and automate it for you. You know, like (laughs) you can get that taken care of, but if you don't know how to sit down and have the communication or even the hard conversations and being able to sit down and go, we really need to talk about how this looks right now and what we need to do moving forward. And if something does go wrong, how do we handle that? If something happens on service, you know, this is how it now needs to be handled, you know, and like being able to sit down and have a harder conversation. Because if you can't have that piece either, like we can learn to communicate the technical things, but if something happens and goes wrong, what, how are you having the hard conversation in a way that is productive? Have you heard of Time to Pet? Claire from Acton Critter Sitters has this to say. Time to Pet has honestly revolutionized how we do business. My sitters can work much more independently because they have ongoing access to customer and pet information without relying on me. I save hours upon hours of administrative time on billing, processing payments, and generating paychecks. If you are looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of our show can save 50% off your first three months by visiting timetopet.com slash confessional. Is that easy for you? I know some people enjoy tough conversations. Other people, like myself, are very much more like, ooh, can I, what can I do to not let this happen? <laughs> can I not have a conversation? Yeah, I'd rather um, not. <laughs> I think this version of myself has a lot easier time with it. Hmm. Uh, Can I say that I could do this years ago when I first started? No, no. I was not in a place to be able to have a productive, hard conversation. Now, I think over the years, I've gained a lot of tools personally as well as professionally. And I chose a really good first staff member to start with. I took a very long time 
to cross the bridge between me doing this job and my baby business and all the clients that I loved and then relinquishing that to someone else and saying, okay, now you can come in and tell me things that I may be wrong about or whatever that next step is, but I know it's where I want to go. So I have to do that. And it took me a while to feel comfortable enough or to find the right person to feel comfortable enough to make that step with. And when I found her, it was just like, yes, this is the person I have been kind of searching for. She has those characteristics, those task-oriented things. She loves animals. She, you know, wants to see a career in this field. And I don't feel like pet sitting is often seen as an option in this field to make yeah. a career out of and make a life off of. Um, and so I think finding the right person who I've continued to have good, hard conversation with gave me, it gave me real time experience to say, oh, I can have the hard conversation and she can hear it and we can move forward and make the necessary adjustments. But I definitely don't think that would have happened three years ago, four years ago. (laughs) That happens today with this guest. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's a, that's a reminder too, that I think about the kind of, visits that Megan and I take on now compared to what we did 10 years ago and just the level of complexity um, skill required to take on some visits that we can say yes to now that we weren't able to back then. Mm-hmm. Same thing with our staff members. When we first hired, we were very, very, very particular about the kind of people that we hired. And not saying that we aren't today, mm-hmm. but we've learned so much over the course of hiring and and people leaving and doing rotations and things like that, that who I'm able to hire and train up today Mm -hmm. is very different than the kind of person I could have hired even, you know, six months ago Mm -hmm. (laughs) going like, okay, I've I've learned so much of how to do it. So, you know, so going... It, and that, that's different for everybody, right? If like you, you, you're kind of ready when you're ready and, Mm -hmm. and you just, you just keep learning and, and stay active in that process. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like you just said, it changes over time and that's experience. That's getting the experience of real time action of doing the thing in a Mm. way that you feel safest. And then that safe box kind of opens and opens and opens with the more experience you get. So you can start like thinking outside that box that you originally started with when you hire someone and you can kind of like, okay, okay, now I can pull in someone who may be is uh, sees things differently than I do where this person, like I, that <laughs> flows and changes. Yeah. Well, and I know for your, in your, in your company, you, um, you, you, you say that you offer custom services yeah. and, and what I'm, what I'm interested about that is, is how do you maintain that, that custom aspect while also now bringing on staff and how do you make, how do you stay consistent with, with multiple people coming and going through, through those services? Um, well, right now, because it is one staff member, it is easier to manage. And a lot of my training is very like hands-on real time. I go with her. I show her the individual house before she's ever in a house by herself. And we go through what that specific house re- you know, requires. Um, and the custom aspect, not just what's happening inside the services, but it's how people can 
create what their family needs, what their house needs. So whether it's, you know, and complete overnight with someone at the house, or you're just doing a system of drop-ins for a set of days that you're gone, like whatever that looks like for you and your family, you can customize to make that fit. And we work with them to make that happen. And then within the services, really, it was just about giving her tools and tools and tools. And we have, I mean, like I'm sure you've experienced in many pets that are experienced, you have such a range of animals that you work with, low energy to high energy. And really putting Cassidy's custom pet services in it was just me showing the clients, we're going to look at you, the house and the animal. I'm not Mm. taking what works for this house and making it work for your house. I'm not going to do what I do for a senior dog and do it on the puppy. Like (laughs) that's not what's going to happen. And we're going to integrate enrichment. We're going to integrate the things that they need and the games that we play. And if it's raining outside, we've got games to play inside. We've got things to work with your specific house and Mm. what you need and the support your family needs uh, to make that service the most supportive and satisfying for the animal that it can be. Just showcasing the range of options, I think, is really important. Not just for, not just for myself or the client, but if you have staff, helping them. That's where again this education comes in of talking through, of like, hey, you may experience X, Y, Z. Here's how we would approach all of those. It's this continuing education aspect because you can't always experience all the possible range of visits in the shadowing period or whatever. That looks like yeah. for you. So just always having that conversation and then communicating that to clients, I found can be can be hard to try mm-hmm. and encapsulate all of the possible options yeah. in, a, in a succinct manner without just doing complete overload. So I know for us, I tend to hit some of the basics of things that we always do, but I tend to feel like sometimes when I do that, the clients don't always get what's possible. So do do you run into that or, or how do you have those conversations or market the, the, the customization ability that you have to, 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 to potential clients? I think that part comes in when we get to the actual meet and greet and the actual, you know, face-to-face conversations over the phone conversations when we first start the process of getting to know each other, going on the meet and greet, seeing if that fit works and sitting down and going, this is what the basics of any service is going to look like. When we arrive, we do X, Y, and Z. And then I look at what the family is saying to me. I have, you know, I have the meet and greet form that they fill out before I even show up at the door that outlines the specific questions I'm looking to have answered. So when I walk in and they start to fill in the gaps between those questions, I can specifically talk to them about what a session looks like. So mm-hmm. we have the basics of when I show up, when I leave, this is what's happening. And then I look and at that meet and greet and listen to what they're specifically saying to me. And I go, okay, well, this is what I would do with your dog, your high energy dog. You've got an hour walk that you want to set up. Okay, we're going to do 45 minutes of actual walking. We're going to come back and we're going to play games because she's very intelligent. She needs that mental exercise in addition to the physical walking. So that would be what a session with me looks like. Hmm. And I just get very specific with that house to house thing. I'm not going to go to the next house with a senior dog who's barely moving and give them that spiel, you know, (laughs) that care is very different. So, okay. I see that your dog is a senior dog. She's getting older. She's really not moving a lot. I still want to get blood flowing in those joints and, you know, kind of still 
have that interaction. So this is what I'm going to do for her. It just really becomes about paying attention to the person sitting in front of you, looking at the animal sitting in front of you and getting specific in that house, which is the wonderful ability we have with in-home care. I don't have to tell you what they're doing, what they're doing, what they're doing, though it can be helpful sometimes. And I'll say, you know what? I have a similar house. This is what we do for them. Would you be interested in that? Continuing to learn and and for us just to take in new information about possibilities, new ways of operating and new events or games or things like that so that we have those options. So we can Mm -hmm. look at our list and go, okay, you're saying X, Y, Z, I see. Okay, this this kind of thing may fit for you. Mm -hmm. And really, you mentioned several times, really listening to that person. Written instructions or checkboxes on an intake form can only tell you so much. Mm -hmm. I I have really found that, especially around things like dogs who, you know, we have questions about does your your pet bolt, right? Okay, so that people have different versions of what bolting looks like <laughs> and you really <laughs> and it's just a yes or no question right like it's just and so now i get to have them ex- okay i noticed on the form you said that they bolt tell me more about that then you can really start to see is this something that they're really concerned about maybe it's not that big of a deal but it happened one time 10 years ago when the dog was new to the house okay mm-hmm. that's something different than this is a chronic issue or they have a lawn company that continually leaves the gate open at the back. And so over the course of the meet and greet, they're all continuing to refer back to the gate and we don't forget about the gate. Don't forget about the gate. Don't forget. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm going to make some notes there so that I know in my updates, I'm always going to say, check the gate. Gate was shut. So that, that now that, cause that's something they're concerned about. And I can alleviate that concern by just saying gate was shut when I was over period. It sounds real simple, but if you're not listening to the intonation, the repetitiveness of nature of somehow people keep circling back to the thing that they're concerned about, it's like, okay, like that, that, but that takes some time and really being present and in the moment and not being distracted by everything else going on, which, which can be really hard. Mm-hmm. And there's always room for off days and, ba- you know, like life happens in, in this in any job, in any business, but you just, I think you learn over time. You learn how to tune, kind of turn the volume down on some things and really focus it. But that's such a good point on listen to the repetition, even during the course of your relationship, you're hired on, maybe this thing wasn't even mentioned, but all of a sudden you're on the service, which happens. <laughs> uh, but maybe you're on the service and you notice that every time you're confirming something or whatever it is, they're constantly telling you, hey, please don't forget to do this X, yeah. Y, or Z. Don't forget to lock the thing. Don't forget yeah. to take this collar off. Don't forget to put this back on. And they're always telling you that. So you just, you always, and that just leads to building trust. That just yeah. leads to building so much trust and relationship because eventually I find those questions do go away. When they know over and over again, without them having to say, I'm still putting it in the update. I'm still putting it in there. Don't worry. It's happening. I will manage this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the important part of, I know many sitters can get frustrated. They're like, oh, they keep telling me to do this and yeah. I always do it. Well, did you, did you tell them that you did it? Did you mm-hmm. have a photo of you doing it? Did you, there are some ways where you can start prompting and alleviating this before those questions come. Now, does it work every time? Absolutely not. We still have clients who say, did you wipe their oh. feet? And there's a photo of me like literally wiping the feet and it's the same you know, it's every time. <laughs> it's fine. But you, 
it, it is one mechanism that we have, an ability that we have to start alleviating those fears or concerns or stressors. And a lot of times those are driven by the fact that the client isn't there to do it. It's nothing personal against you. It's just they are so used to doing it themselves that it is actually, they feel really vulnerable and powerless in those situations because they can't do that. They can't yeah. be the one that always remembers because that's their responsibility. So again, it's we, we can't t- always take it too personally because it, it's just a, a something that they're fixated on because they they feel powerless about that and and we have to take that into consideration when we're dealing with a lot of those kind of clients no it's very true they're not there to do the thing that they're so accustomed to doing and there's also an element of i sit in front of so many clients who had a really bad experience with a pet sitter who didn't not just do the basics of wiping the paws, but completely ignored their dog. Didn't come when they said they were going to come. Didn't feed them for days. And just really like that leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. So when they finally step into trying that pet sitting again, they're scared. They're nervous. They don't know if you're going to be who you say you're going to be. And you can't show them until you get hired and actually do the job. Cause I can talk the talk all I, all I want in the meet and greet. You know, I can, <laughs> oh, yeah. I can show you, I can tell you what I'm going to do, but you're yeah. not going to know until the day you're gone. And I show up that's, yep. and, and this job only happens when you're not really able to do it yourself or they're present to do it yourself. Yeah. It, it's a reminder that it really is a show and tell kind of service of yeah. they're not going to, maybe people will not believe you until you do it. And so that's, that's on us. To do. And, yeah. and I, I tell a lot of our staff, to all of our staff, the individual tasks that we do aren't necessarily rocket science. The hard, the hard part comes in doing them excellent every time. The hard part is in the perfect execution of these every single day. That's where this gets difficult and tricky. And that's why we go through all of our processes that we have. And that's where we start convincing and bringing clients, kind of converting them over into going, Mm -hmm. realizing what's possible is how we execute what they've asked us to do. Yeah. No, that's a great way to put it. And it's something I think about all the time. No, what I'm doing is not rocket science. A lot of people could probably manage the basic tasks of what I'm doing, but to do it consistently at a high level over weeks, months, years, even I've, you know, you have clients for I had one of my, I've had one of my clients since before I actually became a business, you know, and I, and to consistently give her the same thing. And I I would also add on top of that, when I do fall short or I do make a mistake, being transparent with my clients and showing up consistently there so that they know, even if I fall short on something, I'm going to do, I'm going to keep that communication alive. I'm not going to hide it from them. I'm not going to be like shuffling in the darkness and trying to fake something. I'm just, I'm going to show up and I'm going to tell you, this is what happened today. I don't, you know, X, Y, or Z, explain it out and move forward and, and fix that in whatever way you can, but it's showing up consistently. Well, and that, that takes being extremely vulnerable as a, at a personal level, right? Nobody no, admitting and talking about your weaknesses, especially to somebody who's paying you to do that, is is one of possibly the worst feelings I've ever had. To, I ever have whenever I have to admit to a client that they paid me to do something and I failed at it. Yeah. And but in that failure, and I will say this: 
when you fail, because it, it's a failure, mistake, oversight, however you want to phrase that, when you don't meet that client's expectations and you own up to that, nine out of 10 times, if not 10 out of 10 times, that will cement in the client's mind that you're, you're worth keeping around. Because we had a plan, because we owned up to it, we didn't try and hide it, like you said, or cower away from it, or just hope they didn't find out. Mm-hmm. We were able to bring that to them and they went, okay, th- these are people who we can work with because we're learning. And we, we, we developed a better system with them of labeling and positioning and helped make it more workable for us too. No, it's it's so true. Just showing up with a plan. And I, I mean, I've recently also had an incident where I definitely, I, it was a fix I had to do right away. And I was talking to the client the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. We're coming up with a better plan and making sure we're ensuring these different mechanisms in place so it didn't happen again. Yeah. But I was, after that conversation, I was, I have no clue. I have no clue if she's coming back. I have absolutely no idea. And it would be heartbreaking because I love them and it would have been, you know, on us. And, you know, about a month later, she ended up booking us again. And it was just like a sigh of relief (laughs) of like, oh my God, okay, she's back. That's amazing. Yes. Okay. Like it it was enough. Like we showed up and we were honest about what happened and yeah. we came up with a plan and that's the real portion of it because the reality to what you were saying too is we don't learn from being great all the time and that's right. human nature we do not learn from being 100% on it every single day we learn from mistakes we create better things when we can be honest about those mistakes and and move forward from them and go how do we not do this again like <laughs> how do we not and, and we wouldn't have known that that was a thing we need to do better on if we didn't mess it up it's exactly. just a reality yeah it works until it doesn't right yeah. and then it breaks and that does mean that we have to have some space and time in our days to reflect and learn on that and learn Mm-hmm. from those things that happen, which which is difficult in this job because we're always on. There's always something more. There's always stress. And we we operate pretty much at 100%. And then a mistake happens. Where, where do we go from that, right? There's no... So, the, so to be better at learning from our mistakes, so we see, hear that a lot, learn from our mistakes. Well, th- that does start with step zero, creating just 1% of space in your life so that you have some sort of capacity and mental bandwidth to now process what happened and is going on so that you can learn from it. That's kind of a, a fundamental aspect of that because if you don't, you, you won't have that space, that creativity, which is really what that is, thinking mm-hmm. outside the box, right? This is how I operated for five years. A mistake happened. If I don't have the mental bandwidth because I'm so piled on with everything, I won't be able to think of anything different or bringing in new information to help me. So I've got to have that space in my life. Oh, yeah. And it can, and it's a difficult thing too, because uh, that when that ego can kick in a little bit of like, <laughs> I've been what? doing something for five years and I'm wrong. What? <laughs> like, no, that can't be. <laughs> right. <laughs> that can be a hard thing to come up against. And so yeah. it is a learned practice to step back and go, it doesn't mean I'm wrong as a human. It means I made a mistake and I need to take the thing I was doing and improve on it yeah. or just realize the factors in it. I made a small mistake the other day that like I just never make, but I was coming off of like a three week overnight. I was exhausted and burnt out. I had been working for 20 days straight there at Mm. at that high level and coming off of it. It's yeah. I made a mistake because I went too hard for too long and I didn't take a breather. I didn't take a minute. And that's on me for not recognizing that these small things can happen when I don't take a second. 
Yeah, again, it's that context that everything is happening in, including my context, my mental ability, my mental fatigue, how aware I am, what I just finished doing versus what I'm walking into. All of that, we we have to be self-aware enough to recognize Oh, I'm, I know for me going, okay, I, I, I fade off pretty quickly at night. So doing 10 PM visits, not my favorite thing in the world, but yeah. I know that about me so that when I'm at that 10 PM visit, I go a little slower. I mm. take my time. I'm triple check everything. I'm putting in more things so that I don't literally fall asleep on the job sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's got to have these things. And if you have staff helping them in that process as well, Hey, I know you said you were a morning person. That's amazing. If if you do these evening or late night visits, make sure you're taking a little bit of extra time. Or maybe mm-hmm. you're a late night person. We have several night owls going, okay, if I if I do if you do get put on a morning, if that's something you want to do, set seven alarms, please. <laughs> wake up. Our friends at Pet Perennials already make it easy for you to send sympathy milestone gifts. But did you know that they are designing a new line of car air fresheners? With long-lasting scents, adorable designs, and clever expressions, these make the perfect client gifts. The positively fresh car air fresheners are always releasing brand new designs. One you have to check out is the hyper-exotic air freshener. Let me say, it's a horse with a guitar. Enough said. Order a whole case of your favorite design for $1.95 a hanger, or Pet Perennials can send it as a gift package with a handwritten card and gift wrap for $12.75, which does include shipping. Check them out at petperennials.com and register for that free business gift service account to unlock the all-inclusive discounted gift package pricing and access the wholesale catalog. Remember, you only pay when you order. One thing I noticed on your website is you have this language that says, if we have decided to move forward with one another, talking about after the meet and greet, that, that sentence really caught me by surprise because mm-hmm. it it really forms that this is a two-way decision and very few petsers i feel like feel like they have that option to 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 decide to move forward or not so how did you develop that mindset that this needs to be a decision that works for both of us um it it was from the get one of the most important things that i realized because i <sighs> Doing this job for the most part means being alone in someone's home. It means that from the get, we have to have a level of trust and respect for each other to even endeavor on this partnership together. And so I wanted it to feel like a partnership from the beginning, us choosing that this is the right fit. And there's a reality sometimes that I am not the person for the job. Mm. And I had a client, and it doesn't. Honestly, it doesn't happen a bunch, but I always want to leave space for if you don't feel comfortable with me, it is okay. I am not here to pressure you into something that isn't going to work for you or your family or you're not ready to step into. And at the same time, I'm not going to show up and be in someone's space, especially because we do do overnights. We sleep in people's homes Mm. and we live in people's homes, essentially. That takes a level of comfortability that can be very odd for people to experience, especially if it's their first time doing it. Um, Whether it be me, an employee, or a client, we want to make sure everyone is in on that partnership. And I did have someone ask me, why did you not take on our job? And um, I just had to be very 
point blank with them and say, it's my job to know what I offer and to know what my business is and to look at a situation with honesty and transparency and know that I'm not the right fit for what you're asking me to do. Hmm. And I was not the right fit for that job. There are other people who are in this community who are the right fit and I'm not it. You'd be better matched with them and you're going to have a better experience if you go with them. Hmm. And that's, and if it was with me, it would not be, it wouldn't be good for me. It wouldn't be good for them. And I have enough experience in this job to evaluate that decision. And so it just, it became a real foundational thing. And it really became important when I hired an employee because I never wanted them to walk into a house they were not comfortable in. I never wanted them to interact with a person that they didn't have just an amount of comfortability with or sleep in a house or whatever the thing is that they couldn't do or were just like, see, like just so not okay with. And so when we can make it a mutual decision between us and the clients and be honest about that from the beginning, because it even goes into the meet and greet. I, I never, I, I always tell potential clients in the meet and greet, I don't, you don't have to make a decision right now. I'm okay moving forward. You don't have to make a decision right now. It can be super uncomfortable to be sitting in front of the person selling the thing to you. (laughs) And like, you don't know what to say or do. And you want to talk to your spouse about it more. Maybe it's just one person and they have to go talk to their husband about it or their wife about it, or they just want to not have me in the room while they discuss it. That's a totally valid answer. I need it right now. You guys can go and not have me here and text me later with your answer. Even if that answer is no, there's no pressure. That's so important on both sides. Um, and I think as a business owner, not being, not having a scarcity mindset that I have to take everything that comes across my plate just because it's on, on my plate. Um, and that if you're, if you're on it, you have to be honest with yourself, things that you're comfortable with and capable of doing mm-hmm. that you really need to be careful because that's where bad things happen. That's where injuries occur. That's where um, accidents take place because we are out of our comfort zone. And when we're operating out of our comfort zone, while that is a period of growing, if it's too far out of our comfort zone, it's not going to go well, right? Nobody's going to be happy with that. And you can have some serious implications on the backside of that. Um, You know, whether it's, oh, I've got seven cats and these are the medical regimes for all of them. And if you, (laughs) right, and if, if you, if you, struggle with putting together plans for keeping all that information and data organized, that's probably not a good visit to take on. Or if there's a certain kind of animal, or if it's a certain kind of house or neighborhood or whatever that looks like where you're like, you know what, I this doesn't fit with my service area. Um, and, and I can't reliably get over here. That's not something I can take on. I don't want to commit not just myself, but now my company to that. Well, that's 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 a lot of agency and control that we have as a business owner. And to the, then to give that courtesy back to the client, because it is awkward to be like, well, I have everything I need. What's your decision? And stare at them while you're sitting on the couch, you know, <laughs> just like, okay, yesterday. It's yeah. going, hey, I know I, I did that yesterday where I did the meet and greet. And I said, okay, well, I, I do have everything I need. I know you need to talk it over with your spouse. Just call me if you have any questions and then we can move forward if you want to. And mm-hmm. said goodbye. Right? And that's, that's all it has to be. And just, yeah. you know, giving that space because that allows both people to think it over. Because I know in the moment, a lot of times my gut reaction is, yeah, we'll take this. Yeah, we'll take, yeah, we'll do this. Ah, ah. If I have a little five minutes in the car to think about it and go, you know what, actually, 
uh, that's not something we can do. Uh, I've had that happen before and been like, okay, well, I'll go ahead and let them know. <clears throat> After reviewing your information, this isn't going to be the best fit, but here are some people that I think you should call and get connected with. That yeah. is so powerful to give to them. Yeah. And that's, uh, and that's some of the mechanisms we put in place of like, I do have ones where I'm like, oh, I'm good to go on this. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. totally good to go. I know I'll be fine with this. And then I have ones where if I have any question in my mind about a service, like I have lines in my head that I mm. can say and go, okay, great. Like, I, you know, I'm going to go look over our schedule. We're going to look over the information and then get back to you, blah, blah, blah. Whatever that line is that feels comfortable for you, having that in place so you can give yourself five minutes. Because even to say no right away or yes right away when there's just a question for you, just give yourself space. And I'm definitely a person like I got to have, I can't be in front making decisions. I can't be, no one can be watching me while I make a choice or I'm going to be like, what are you, don't look right. at me, like, please stop. Uh, yeah. And so giving yourself just a line that at least gives you the 10 to 20 minute, five minute drive home to think in your head, is this the right fit? Does this work for me? And yeah. then come to that conclusion. But I also wanted to say, like you talked about a scarcity mindset as a business owner. And I think that was part of the thing is I, the thing that comes with making those choices and giving yourself the autonomy to do that and your clients, the autonomy to do that. We're not just trying to get a drop in for one visit. We're not just trying to get one day's worth of work. We're trying to create a relationship that lasts years. We're trying to create clientele that comes back month after month, after month, after year. And that doesn't happen if you're doing it just out of fear of not getting the next thing. Because I mean, in my experience, nine times out of 10, when I've said no to someone, I've been able to leave that space open that they would have taken up and the mental capacity it would have taken up to then let in two clients that end up being amazing. And I have now been with for years. Mm. So you have to, it's, it's hard to say, especially when you're starting out and you're just like, I just need to get my name out there. I just need to do this stuff and, yeah. and try and try and try. There is that level of it. But if you can do it from the start and just really make it a focus of what your goal is and what family that you're providing for, like that you can provide for and what that looks like, and it may change over time. But if you can keep that in mind and, and just stick to your guns a little bit, it, it will create a clientele that you just adore and love, which is what we have. Yeah. And remembering that it is, we are building that relationship with it, that we view this as a partnership. While they yeah. may have hired me to help them, I'm not just the hired help, right? This is so much more than that on both sides of that equation. And that starting from the very beginning and building those muscles, building that ability to say no, because that can be some of the most freeing aspects. Because I think many mm -hmm. times we get into those, that scarcity mindset and we say yes to things that we regret after about that third visit, right? And we've got that week that week ahead of us where we're like, oh, I, oh no. <laughs> we've all, yeah. we've all done that. I know I, yeah. I, I, we all do that. That's, and, and knowing, okay, that's, that's, I've learned another thing that I need to say no to because you, sometimes the best thing you, you do to do for your business and yourself personally is to say no. Mm -hmm. um, and before you even get into those situations. And sometimes it's when you're in the situation, be like, I literally can't, this is not, I have to say no, call the emergency contact. This is not working for us. And to give yourself that ability and that space to back out and decline, that is always an option. 
And, mm-hmm. and too, too often we forget that it actually is that yeah. I'm here. I've wasted my, I've wasted my time. I'm, I'm here in front of you. You filled out the form. So let's go. It's a sunk cost fallacy, right? Of yeah. going, well, we're, we're already this far. Might as well keep going. No, <laughs> we can always, always say no. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely can. It's, it's an interesting thing because you aren't the hired help. And, but if you get in that mindset, I think that that can also be what leads to, I have to say, yes, I'm the hired help. I have to say yes. And I, I think it's awesome. It's been the most beautiful part of this job that I never saw coming was the relationships I have with the families and the reality of what it is to take care of these animals that are so important to the owners and to be a part of that process and to integrate yourself into those families is I don't interact with a lot of my families, but I still feel very like person to person. Everything's generally over messaging. You know, we occasionally see them in person, but I still feel very integrated into their family. I had one, one of our clients, I was doing an overnight and she texted and said, Oh, such and such is in your room. And I was like, my room. Oh my goodness. It was so beautiful. I loved it so much. I was like, wow, I didn't see that coming. But like you get integrated into people's lives in a way that you don't realize. And if you can see the beauty in that too, I think that changes the relationships. You know, I've recently had, uh, now this is my third client who's pregnant, but one of them just had a newborn. And part of her services was in light that she had a newborn. And she needed help with the dog because she also had a two-year-old and she had all this stuff that was going on. She's like, I can't walk the dog right now. I just need help. Like I need help. And that was informed by the fact that she just had a baby. Like that's a real life thing that's happening that you are now walking in and supporting them with. And so, and we work a lot with young families who are starting their own, you know, having children, starting their own families, um, as well as having teenagers graduating, whatever that thing is. Um, and that those are real life changes that people go through and that's, what's informing them even hiring you in the first place. And so to be a part of it and really see that whole picture has just been a really beautiful side of having this job. Yeah, you're you're allowing them to have that aspect of their life, right? With guilt guilt free and stress free as mm-hmm. much as they as much as they can let yeah. go, right? <laughs> like, like, yeah, exactly. I, we've 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 done visits for for parents who are taking their 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 daughter off to college, and that's a very emotional time for them, and is very apparent. And they have a little bit more relief because we're showing up. That, like you said, that has informed their decision to start walking down that road of needing pet care. Mm-hmm. And, and and we can't always know why they're contacting us, um, but we do have to recognize that there is a reason they're contacting us. Yeah. It's not because they want to make our lives miserable or that you know anything like that. It's, it's they have a, they have a need, and yeah. it's our, up up to us to decide is that a need I can fill at this time. It's all give and take. It's all partnership. It's just such a beautiful part of of this. If you can really dive into that aspect and create partnerships that you're invested in and having people tell you, I even, we had one client the first time she hired us, she messaged us at the end and just was like, I'm so grateful. I did not have to worry about my dogs because I just got proposed to like, I'm engaged. (laughs) And that's why we had this weekend. And I never once thought about whether or not my dogs were okay. Or yeah. even getting the simple text of, I remember I was working with an aggressive dog who they couldn't find someone who was willing to work with him and willing to do overnights with him because he couldn't go 
to any sort of kennel or anything like that. Um, he just had a rough life. And I remember waking up to a text the next day of like, I didn't even think about whether or not he was okay this time. I've never not woken up in another place and been worried about whether or not he's okay or if something's gone wrong. And today I didn't, it's, I've been a full two hours. I've been awake and I just am now texting you. And it's like, that's a beautiful thing to be a part of and to give someone relief about. Yeah. And it, refocusing on, on our, on our why and our business. And right, okay, th- those are the things that can help motivate us and, and not getting too hung up on them. And again, feeling obligated. Okay. Well, now we have an emotional connection here. So I always have to do what they yeah. ask. Again, yeah. keep, still keeping that autonomy. I, I, I am a business and I yeah. do have boundaries. Right? That, that, that's really important. Uh, and, and, but going, this is something I, I get to do. And that, that little shift between I have to versus I get to is something that can really start freeing us. And when you start mm-hmm. looking at that, language of going, how do you view those visits? How do you view those clients? Is it something you have to do, you get to do, you want to do? And yeah. really think how you would describe that action and do it for each individual thing. And that can help guide us a little bit on where we want to cut off or remove or enhance mm-hmm. or move forward as, as we view. What, what, is, what am I thinking about this when I'm walking into that? Because we all have those visits of going, oh, again, or oh, I don't, oh, okay, okay. When it starts feeling like I have to versus I get to, that's a really good cue in my life to at least back take one step back and go, okay, let's see what's going on here. <laughs> no, that's a really good point. It really puts in perspective what you're doing, what you want to do, what relationship has value. And I've found that, yes, I'm still an autonomous business who gets to say no to things and gets to not be feeling obligated to a person just because we have an emotional connection or a relationship where I do have that I want to do it. Um, I, I would say, though, when you have a partnership mindset... All of my clients deeply respect the fact that I am a person with a business Mm. and that I'm running a business. And they all respect that to the point where they're like, I get it. I get that this is a last minute ask. I get that this is X, Y, and Z. And if you have to say no, that's a completely okay thing. I just thought I'd ask. So they, they always respect that portion of my life and what it means to do overnights. And I put my life on hold to essentially go and live at your house. And so what does that look like? And can I take that on? Uh, Because of, I think that mindset I have of, if we decide to move forward together, we're making this partnership, we're working together, we're coming in on it together. They have always had respect for me as a business. And if they don't, I can usually tell right from the get, if they don't, I can tell in the meet and greet, if they do not respect that I am a person running a business. I'm not your neighborhood teenage dog walker. I'm Mm, not just doing this on Rover as a side job. This is my livelihood. And so I have say in that. And generally, at least I've found in doing this job after so long, I can pick up on those signals pretty quickly of like, oh, like, no, that's not, that's not the thing we're going to do. No, no, no. (laughs) No, thanks. (laughs) So (laughs) Cassidy, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today and talking about all of this stuff and encouraging us to be open and human with our staff, with our clients, and knowing that we have agency in that partnership to build those long-lasting relationships. Um, I know there's a lot more that you have going on and that you're doing. So how can people get connected with you, pick your brain, and um, see all that you're doing? 
Well, you can follow us on Instagram. It's Cassidy's Custom Pet Services um, on all social media platforms, so Facebook and Instagram. Uh, We also have a newsletter you can sign up for, which you can find in our profile on Instagram, um, as well as a blog that we'll be launching. So we can be a better resource to our clients and our communities just with all the, I mean, you accumulate so much information in this job (laughs) and you know a little bit about so many things. And so we really wanted to expand on that and, and open the blog up. This has been such a wonderful conversation, Cassie. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to have it. Thank you too. It's been so fun to be on and I'm glad we finally got connected. (laughs) Who are you mentoring? Whether you realize it or not, you have a team around you. Whether you have hired staff or not, there's a team supporting you. From your family to your tax accountants to your CPAs, bookkeepers, to your lawyer, to your social media cheerleaders, to your clients. Everyone who is supporting your business has a role that plays in keeping you successful and showing up day after day. You can continue to mentor, educate, and equip them with good tools, knowledge, and resources to make not just them better pet parents, but your community better for pets in general. Today, we want to thank our sponsors, Time to Pet and Pet Perennials, for making the show possible. And we really want to thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. We'll be back again soon. (laughs) 